Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Uh, I want to talk about for just a few moments the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. Say, wait for the promise. Of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Say, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. When you look at the book of Acts, it is an amazing book, honestly. It tells the story of the growth and the development of the church, of the uh, early church, and how that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit played a crucial role in the spread of the gospel, the spread of this new church, uh, Christianity throughout the whole known world uh, spread during this time. And the Bible mentions for us in the book of Acts 32 countries, 54 cities, 9 Mediterranean islands. All of them transformed by the power of God, despite, hear this, intense opposition and persecution. Now, isn't that amazing that all of those countries, the whole known world, the spread of the gospel throughout all of it, and what I want us to understand is that that is not something that is unique, but it is something that God can do Today, through Spirit-empowered disciples, you and I. He can do that through you and I. Now, I, I said this during the first service, and we have, as Christians, no problem understanding that God has the power to change this whole world. We don't struggle with that at all. Where we struggle is that we don't necessarily believe that He can do it through us. Can I get an amen? Uh, we struggle with that. Uh, but here we see that the whole of the disciples of Christ during that time, the Bible tells us that they turned their whole world upside down through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if they did that, then what can we do? Could we not at least turn our city upside down? I mean, it's the same Holy Spirit. We're the same kind of people. They weren't extraordinary uh, until they had been with Jesus. Can I get an amen? They were everyday people, tax collectors, fishermen, uh, zealots against uh, the Roman Empire. There were all of these things, not uh, something unique, but God used all of them to turn their world upside down. Could he not help us turn our city upside down? For Jesus? What about maybe our county? What about maybe our region for Jesus Christ? You see, it's the same Holy Spirit that lives in us that was in them. It is not something unique to them, uh, but it is for us as well. And here uh, we see that through the power of the Holy Spirit, it facilitated the spread of God's kingdom. And the Holy Spirit can do it again today. Do you believe that this morning?
When we look at Jesus, we see the intentionality that he had with his disciples. He didn't just say, uh, here's a few words and go out and spread the gospel, but he nurtured them, and, uh, and we see that he intentionally equipped and empowered his disciples, and the very last time that he is with them, before ascending into heaven, right before their eyes, he told them to wait for the promise. Look at your neighbor and say, wait for it. Wait for the promise. He didn't say, even though they had a great task before them, he had just told them, go and make disciples of all nations. He had just told them uh, to go and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All, all of that. And when honestly, when I look at the Great Commission, I see a tremendous work of God. I see that He's calling us to do something beyond what I feel even adequate to do. Anybody ever read that and see that? But He didn't leave them alone. He gave them His Holy Spirit. I don't know if you're like this or not, but when I have a day waiting on me that I know I've got a lot to do, I've got a big job, I've got multiple things that have to be done, what do you do, you do sometimes? You go ahead and you get started just a little bit early. Any of you business people know you got a big week and, and you uh, just begin to start early on some of the tasks and you begin to plan and you begin to uh, lay out uh, uh, what's going to happen. But Jesus didn't tell them to do that. He didn't say, go ahead and you go off to this nation and you go off to that nation. He said, wait on the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And if he said to wait, then it's worth waiting for. You see, we're not to go off and to start to do things for the Lord without that empowering of the Holy Spirit. They were to be baptized uh, in the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In just a few days, he said, don't depart from here. Just stay here. Don't go anywhere else. Just wait. Anybody else struggle waiting? I know I've said this before, but I'm not the most patient person, you don't have to say amen, uh, that you've ever seen. But I don't like to wait. We're on this cruise ship last week, but we're on this floating buffet. But at nighttime, we want to go to the fancy dinner, you know. And we have this app, and we're supposed to punch it in and say when we're ready to go. And it always come back and said, 10 minutes. You're going to be seated in 10 minutes. All right. My stomach started to growl. I, even though I'd been on a floating buffet, you know, uh, my mouth starts to water. Just 10 minutes, hon, uh, and we're going to be there. And we go on up, and we're waiting outside, and it's not 10, it's not 15, it's not 20, sometimes almost 30 minutes. And I'm thinking, I don't like to wait. Even though I'm on this floating buffet, and I could have went... But we don't like to wait. But the empowering of the Holy Spirit is important to the believer. You need to have the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's a promise of the Father. The Bible tells us that God is not a man that he should lie. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And so you need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, when you're saved, you're, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but this is a, a fresh encounter, a new thing where you're uh, empowered with the Holy Spirit and you begin to speak with other tongues. We're going to talk about speaking in other tongues later, but here we see that God says nothing is more important than receiving this baptism. The Holy Spirit will give you strength and ability beyond what you can imagine it will help you do the same thing that the disciples did. You need the baptism. So if I am to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I can't work for it. I can't earn it. It is simply a gift from God. At Christmas time, when someone hands you a gift, do you have to go out and get a job so you can pay for it? Do you have to go work for it and earn it? No. They gave it to you. And so we see that Jesus is telling them here, this gift that he has given to them, it is free. All we simply have to do is believe for it and receive it. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, what can you expect? To be baptized means to be immersed, to fill completely, to overwhelm. I love that. Have you ever been just worshiping the Lord it didn't even necessarily have to be in a church service, but just, you know, your own personal uh, worship service, and the Holy Spirit comes down, and you just begin to feel His presence, and you know He's real, and, and you just, oh, you're just basking in that uh, presence of the Lord, and you're overwhelmed by who He is, and all that He's done for you, and the magnificent things that He has planned for you. That is to be baptized, to be overwhelmed with the Spirit of God in your life. The Holy Spirit comes to do a work in us. What does He come to do? For those note takers, all of these things start with the letter I. He comes to invade. Invade? Pastor, that sounds kind of military. It is. It's a military word. The Holy Spirit comes to change Every direction, every thought, every position that you have. Why do I need the Holy Spirit to invade my life? Because the world system and Satan is always on the attack trying to change our mind and make us like the world. I'm preaching this morning. And so the Holy Spirit comes to invade and to change everything about you, to make you more like Jesus Christ. Because you don't become like Jesus in the natural. You don't become like Jesus by trying harder. You become like Jesus as the Holy Spirit guides you into that. So he comes to invade. But a part of that invasion, it only comes through invitation. Have you heard this said that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman? How many have heard that? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. So if you want your life to be totally radically changed, you see a long time ago I quit praying for my children to be just saved. But I want them to be radically changed. I want them to be set on fire for God. I want them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want all of these things to happen. And in order for that to happen, yet there has to come an invitation from the person that says, come and take control of everything that is me. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't come without invitation. And He won't do things 
There's many people that are afraid of Pentecostal services. But I want you to know that you don't have to be afraid. Because the Holy Spirit will not do things in you and through you unless you allow him to do so. He comes, look at your neighbor and say, by invitation. But yet he comes to invade and to change and radically renew you and change everything about your life. He comes to invade, but yet he asks for access to every area of your life, every room in your heart. Nothing hidden from him. And I find it no coincidence that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that one of the initial things that many people experience is a speaking in other tongues. We say, as the Spirit gives utterance. Your tongue is an unruly member, according to the Bible. It says things that, anybody, anybody ever been here, that you wish you could take back. Sometimes we're guilty of talking behind other people's backs. Sometimes we're guilty of saying things that do not line up with the Word of God. Sometimes we speak death instead of speaking life. Uh, sometimes we just get in arguments and just let our mouth do just crazy, say crazy things that we regret and we wish we could take back, and we sin with our mouth. And here comes the Holy Spirit and when you allow him total access, he begins to use your tongue, the most unruly member of your body, according to the Bible. And you give him access, and you begin to speak in other languages. The disciples did that. The 120 did that. And they spoke about the goodness of God in languages of the people that were in that community that had come in for that spirit harvest, that harvest uh, celebration of Pentecost. And people's lives were changed. Look at your neighbor and say, he comes to invade. But he also comes to encase. Now, I use the word encase, and I could have used envelope, but that does not start with an I. He encases you. What does that mean? He seals you. He envelops you. He protects you from evil and from the world and from yourself, your humanity. This morning, Thad was in here, and I said, Thad, what happens when I put a letter in an envelope and I seal it? That's nasty, by the way. And I put a stamp on it, and I give it to the postman. What happens? Does it just sit there? No. It's transported, and it is moved from one place to another until it gets to its destination. Are you hearing me this morning? Uh, it, it is protected because it is encased, it is enveloped, it is protected, it is sealed until it finally gets to its destination. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, He will make you and help you get to your destination in Him. That includes on this earth as far as His calling upon your life, but ultimately... I'm signed, I'm sealed, I got a stamp on my life, and I'm headed to heaven, and, and no, no devil in hell can stop that because I've been encased by the Holy Spirit. You ought to give the Lord some praise for that, amen?
there's an encasing of the Holy Spirit. It takes you out of one place and into another when you're enveloped. Out of defeat into victory. Anybody need that this morning? Delivered out of addiction and bondage and into freedom and joy. Uh, he delivers us out of darkness and into his marvelous light is what the scripture tells us. He delivers us out of depression. Anybody there this morning? And into a joy and peace. The Holy Spirit encases you and protects you all along the journey. Ephesians 1.13 says, After we have heard the gospel and believed that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee that God has saved you and will take you from this point all the way to your ultimate destination. It is a promise of God. The promise of the Father. But not only does the Holy Spirit want to invade your life and want to encase you and envelop you, but He wants to instruct you. He is the teacher. He teaches you the Word of God. He causes it to come to your remembrance. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance that I said to you. So in our minds, sometimes it might be difficult to remember things. I think I know a whole lot about not remembering things. Y'all know that. I, I, I misplace a lot of things. But, but when the Holy Spirit is activated in our life, He helps us to remember God's Word. He, he comes and He brings peace because the Word comes and, and it changes our hearts and minds. And, and He comes and He instructs us and He tells us which direction to go and how to go and where not to go. And, and He tells us, uh, you shouldn't be here. He does all these kinds of things. He is instructing us about Him because ultimately we are to become like Jesus. He instructs us, but if He instructs us, then we are liable to listen and to apply God's Word. Don't be just a hearer, but a doer of God's Word. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say when you don't know what to say. Anybody ever had that happen for you? The, the Holy Spirit will give you insight and revelation. He will help you to solve problems that you are incapable of solving. You ever look back on your life and thought, how in the world did I get through that? Come on, be honest. You're shaking hand, heads, but uh, have, you, have you ever looked back upon your life and, and you saw where you came from and the, the things that you went through and the, the trials and the tribulation and the, the circumstances and, and at the time you had no idea how you would make it out, but you knew that the Holy Spirit was leading and instructing and guiding you and setting boundaries upon your life. Uh, I just got the picture in my mind of a, a bowling alley. You know how they sometimes they raise those uh, uh, alleys up so that the ball bounces back and forth for those who aren't real good at bowling? He sets up boundaries and instructs you in your life. But related to that, he also impresses upon you. I'm not trying to get new age on you. What I'm trying to tell you is the Holy Spirit will tell you things 
and you don't know why you know, but you know you know what you know, right? Not, not, not some earthly wisdom, not something that the, some teacher taught you, not something that your daddy or your mama taught you, but the Holy Spirit comes and impresses things upon your mind and upon your life, and you don't know why you know it, but you know that you know it. And when you follow that direction, it works out. You can tell that God's leading you. So he impresses and he instructs and he encases us and he wants to invade our lives. But ultimately, he come to indwell you. Indwell. I love this. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? The Holy Spirit is in you whom you have from God, and you are not your own. You're not your own. He invaded. He came to change your whole life radically. You will never be the same person that you were before you got saved. You'll never be the same person that you were before you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. He come to radically invade you, instruct you, change you, impress you upon you but to live inside you that's what the word indwell means to live inside you there with you so when you get up in the morning he's there when you go to bed tonight he is with you he'll never leave you or forsake you you cannot run away from the Holy Spirit you cannot get far enough away from him. He is with you. He lives inside of you. That's what it means to indwell. In the Old Testament, we get a little bit of a picture of this. Now, most of the time in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and sit upon a person. He, he would come and empower them to do a specific thing. Moses and the rod and the sea parts. Daniel and the lion's mouth are shut. A single time that the Holy Spirit comes to uh, come and, and do that. But in the New Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit comes to indwell. But in the Old Testament, there's one picture, and I love it. They've just completed the building of the temple. And they have dedicated it to the Lord. And the cloud of glory that followed the Israelites all throughout the desert. Pillar of fire by night, cloud by day. It comes and it rests over top of the temple. See, this is a picture of us. And as they have dedicated it, the cloud of glory begins to descend and it goes into the temple. And the Bible tells us that the priests were not even able to minister for the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. I feel His presence. He indwells. He's with us. He's with us. Your homework for this week. Yeah, you got homework. It's real easy, though. When you get up in the morning, just say, you're welcome here, Holy Spirit. You're welcome with me. 
come and lead and guide and instruct and case me and, and then dwell inside of me. I promise your day will be changed. It's impossible to go about your day when you've invited the Holy Spirit and for it to be what you planned. It'll be what God planned. But it'll be better than what you planned. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. Oh God, come in and dwell your people. See, the Holy Spirit can... I've, I've been in services in this place at times before, and I look up into the, the, the lights, and I felt like I felt like I saw just a, a shadow or a, a, a fog of his presence. He's real. He's here to touch your life and radically change you. This indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Do in me what you would. Set up a dwelling place in us, Lord. Come in a tangible way, God. Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, O oh God, in all of your power and all of your glory. Encamp with your people, God. Let us know that we have been in your presence. Experience your power. Experience your glory. In such a way, God, that it cannot be denied. Hallelujah. You see where the Holy Spirit is. There's miracles, signs, and wonders. Every time the Holy Spirit comes down in the New Testament... And in the Old Testament, you see miracles, signs, and wonders. I wonder today, did anybody come needing a miracle? Anybody come today needing God to touch and you've run out of options? Man can't do anything for you. Did anybody come today needing that? Is there anybody in this house that's never given your heart and life to the Lord. But he wants to come and indwell in your man, in who you are, in your spirit, man. He wants to come and live with you. Be a part of your life. Help you to get from point A to point B with his instruction and his guidance. That's what Jesus is about. That's what the Holy Spirit is about. If you're here today and you've never given, I, I feel the Holy Spirit so strong here. And you've never given your heart and life to the Lord, today is the day of salvation. And His Holy Spirit is drawing you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit is to draw you to Jesus. To show you His love and His mercy. So if you're here today and you want to give your life to the Lord, we invite you to come. Take a, a place at the altar and just receive him into your life. Hallelujah. He's with us. If you need a touch from God, I believe the Holy Spirit's here to do that. 
We want to pray with you. We want to believe with you. If you want to receive Christ as your Savior, we invite you to come. We just want to lead you in a simple prayer. It simply says that I confess with my tongue, again the tongue, I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. And the Scripture says, and so they shall be saved. If that's you today, we invite you to come.